previously on All Things Unexplained. This is who I used to be, and this is who we are. And we've done real serious science research in the UFO community, and it's been dreadfully needed for a long time. And if you cannot deal with me, you will never deal with ET. I was waiting to get stoned off the stage, you know, and ultimately uh, 600 people got up and gave me a standing ovation. So, okay. So. All Things Unexplained, hosted by Dr. Mounts. Let's face it, we were always ready to roll without him anyway. <laughs> CJ Derringer. Ain't nobody perfect, right? And Smitty Neves. I've never planned out hardly anything my whole life. I just free ball. Featuring Cajun Man. I'm just old nobody, somebody looking for somebody. I had heard a quote quite a long time ago that if we ever communicate with aliens, with extraterrestrials, that it's quite likely the language will be mathematics. And if you think about it, you know, besides that, like you said, that's the truth, right? And we don't know what form or shape extraterrestrials are going to take. We might not even be able to fathom it. Maybe that's why we don't see them any more than we do. But the truth, the mathematics, you know, you cannot argue with that. Um, okay, I'm going to say if when we talk to them, it's going to be either a combination of mathematics and a lot of conversation that sounds like a lot of Zen cones. Okay, uh, almost kind of a haiku type of meaning. You know, everything has a, 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 a funny meaning. And right. I say that honestly because I'm Tibetan Buddhist and my spouse is 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 uh, a, a highly educated Zen person. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and we argue regularly, believe me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, the, the goofy thing about all of this, I think, is is that I hear people say, oh, we want to talk to aliens. And I said, OK, I come from the mystical side of things. Um, are you really sure you want to do that? Because let's quote Mr. Heisenberg, okay? The universe is stranger than we think, and it is stranger than we can think. Right. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and as somebody who spent seven years in a Buddhist monastery trying to explore the heavens and the universe with my mind, let us just say, uh, you're not ready for what's out there. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> sure. It could be dangerous to explore that territory. You know, we may not literally be able to physically, mentally uh, be capable of comprehending that sort of information. Yeah, it is. It it is that to some degree. Uh, I mean, we've got species that are a million years older than us. They're actually more of a spirit form than they are physical. Okay. Um, You know, what always bothers me is when we see, and this is as the journalist, people are, you're you google reptilian aliens on the internet you seem to find a, a huge amount of artwork that has these big money you know overly muscular where looks like they need a case of prunes in the worst way kind of attitude mm-hmm. look to it, right? 
Okay? That's what you usually see. Right. Okay? And I say there's a conspiracy there. Because the people I've interviewed who have had contact with reptilians have flat out and shown me sketches. They are gentle, soft-spoken, and enlightened. Now, what's wrong with this picture? Okay. Right. Um, so th there's that. Um, people ask me, you know, and I talk about mysticism, you know, theoretically, you can the universe, we're all part of the force. Okay, to use Star Wars terminology, the great dark womb and use feminist, uh, fem feminist divinity mentality. Um, it, we're connected to everything, everywhere, every when. Every atom in our body is connected to everything else. Okay, there's the physics and the metaphysics. And people say, well, then we should be able to reach out with our mind like the like the, the CE5 people and touch the aliens. I want to touch an alien on Zeta Reticuli. And I said, yeah, in theory, you can do that. But the trick is, is that talk to remote viewers. You don't get big, colorful pictures. You don't get big, colorful visions. It's like trying you get knowingness, but it's like trying to see a cow through a bucket of mud. You know, right. so, you know, so the idea of going and touching this somebody in another planet, half the remote viewers I've taught over the last 20 years um, put their pens down because they couldn't touch tranquility base on the moon because subconscious, they didn't know what the target was, but subconsciously they knew there was no air and it was hot, you know, and they didn't go. Same thing with people we sent to Mars to find spirit or opportunity. Half the people in the class had to put their pens down because they couldn't do it or they would scribble in the margins. Um, there's no air. I won't, I won't find my way back. That type of thing. There's a self-preservation thing we humans have and it has to be trained out of you if you're going to mm -hmm. do that long distance remote viewing. And that's not pub that's the stuff that's not published yet. Right. And you know what? It's so interesting that you should bring up remote viewing. I had this on my list, believe it or not. How often do I get to say that I had remote viewing on my list of topics <laughs> <laughs> to talk about? But, and I really wanted to talk with you about this and get your thoughts on this. So this is also kind of a segue and a connector between our UFO talk and our mysticism talk at least for me. But I was watching a show the other night and Project Stargate came up. And maybe I'd heard about this before, but I want us to frame this in terms of current events. You know, the world's a mess out there right now. Mm -hmm. Russia invading Ukraine. There's talks again of nuclear war. I found out about a an acronym they had during the Cold War. I believe it was SAD, S-A-D, Simultaneous Atomic Disaster. And now that's, that's in our minds again, right? But this Project Stargate was our military literally had clairvoyant remote viewers. One was named Mr. Pat Price, who supposedly could reach out with his mind and basically see any location on earth right and so we use this to gain intel on russia on 
foreign adversaries. And he was actually reaching out with his mind one time. And something drew him away from what his objective was. And it, it was the tallest mountain in Alaska. And the military had no control over where he was going at this point. And according to Pat Price, he witnessed or saw deep in Mount Hayes, Alaska, a UFO alien base, right? Mm -hmm. As he was on his mission to spy, essentially, on the Russians during the Cold War. Cheryl, I'm really interested to see. You take that, you take the last couple of years of these military pilot videos and and sightings of UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomena, and underwater uh, phenomena. How are we, you know, and we get into the paranormal here too and the mystical side of things. How should we frame the UFO phenomenon, our military encounters, uh, the mystical side of things with current events you know with these things happening in the world now the the threat of nuclear attack how should we put these other things into context first thing i think well yeah no it's it's a good question and reading some of the newspaper reports i've seen the last couple of days it is not necessarily we're hearing about the invasion and everything and we're hearing about all the governments are taking a stand on this thing but you start seeing some of these news services particularly on the internet some some of the news services um are dropping in articles um would we survive a nuclear war and what's a nuclear war like what will the damage be da 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 um and as a as a ordained yogi my attitude is stop putting that crap in the mind stream mm-hmm. stop thought becomes form that's the first premise of magic thought becomes form okay and my my, my concern is is the more you put crap like that in the in the mind stream then it can manifest and we really they really need to play this down they really do and stop agitating people's fears. I mean, we just come out of a pandemic. Everybody thought we, we all thought we were going to die in 2020, you know? So, I mean, this is, this is a big deal that they shouldn't be escalating it like they are, they are by even suggesting these things. You know, they've run all these articles. We're going to get hit by an asteroid, right? Right up until Putin started doing an invasion. Uh, right. All the articles were saying, hey, wow, there's another one passing between Earth and Moon this weekend. You know, it's the size of Everest, you know, that kind of crap, you know. And, it, okay, now where do we take all this stuff? Okay, I had five classes over the last 25 years that I taught, okay? And... I had training with the Farsight Institute, Dr. Courtney Brown's people. Okay. And, uh, and of course I get time in a monastery and things like this. So uh, I, the trick with remote viewing is the quieter you can make your mind, the better you can do this because as uh, any karate teach karate, karate teacher, who's worth their salt will say, no K N O W. Okay. It's that thing of just being aware where the next punch is going to come from type of thing okay and um it's a yoda kind of thing it's it's being aware of everything everywhere every when and 
couple of moments from now is irrelevant because we are connected to every win. If we quiet our minds and allow, realize that all of this is happening at once. Einstein even agreed with that, even though what we see is very persistently stuck in the present moment. Um, as far as the aliens are concerned, every class I've taught, there was, I always had my cards, target cards loaded in the envelopes with the codes written on them, double and triple blind. Okay. My wife, even at one point had her, her intern stuff, the envelopes and another intern, a couple of days later, put all the code, random codes on the outside of the envelopes. And we had a bag of, you know, a hundred of them or something, 150 of them or something like that, highly randomized. But some of the cards that we stuck in there were provided. And the one that was always provided was that same target that Wayne Go Swan went to on the back of the moon, the alien base on the back of the moon. And every class that went there, provided they didn't put their pen down, came back, they put their pens down at the end of the thing and said, before we even start doing analysis, before I opened up the card to reveal it was. And the general consensus, every one of them said was, whoever those folks were, they didn't like us being there. The aliens were well aware of our, our psychic presence being focused on that point. And I keep telling people it's not astral projection. Okay. Lama in Buddhist monastery, uh, cleared me up on that point. You leave your body, you die, but you can shift your consciousness. So think of it like cable TV, uh, your TV set is wired into a thousand channels. You change the channel and you're, you're someplace else. Okay. Well, that's kind of what um, uh, we're doing with this projecting our consciousness someplace else. We can send it some other place in time, some other physical place. But as I found out over 20 years, there are limits on distance or the hazardousness of it. Give me an example. We had a target card for the Titanic where it is now under two miles of water. There were people who put their pen down and said, I can't do this. I don't know why. And sometimes they scribbled in the margin, I'll drown or, or I'll be crushed or something like that. Their subconscious is saying this, but consciously they didn't know what the deal was. Same thing with going to the moon or going to the space station. Some people had to put their pens down. Now in 2013, I held a hard targets party. I invited the best, I invited the best people I had had over about an eight year, 10 year period with classes that I taught, brought them all in. I knew the cards were hard targets because they had been called, we color coded the envelopes a little bit on the outside. I didn't know what they were. I just knew that they were hard targets and the harder they got like moving out to the moon. Well, these people have been doing remote viewing, going to the moon. No problem. Going to Mars. No problem. Going to those uh, ice fountains on one of Saturn's moons was a problem. Right. Two thirds of them put their pens down. Okay. And there was one card in there. It turned out to be Voyager, where it was at that point. It was like 7 billion miles from Earth. Took, took radio signals 10 hours to get here. And everybody put their pens down except one lady. She was a very seasoned witch and a risk taker. And she crawled all over that thing. You could see it in her annotations with the, the protocols that we use in remote viewing to analyze, to extract the mind data, but you also saw it in writing drawing little sketches in the margins and things, which you're not really supposed to do, but people do anyway, you know? So, um, well. I, I, so people tell me, oh, there's no such thing as aliens. So I said, Hey baby, they walk among us, huh? They do. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
they walk among us there are there are humanoids walking on this planet that look pretty close to what we look like and you probably sat next to them on the bus or the subway amazing okay? um they're they're that's one thing um there are others that cloak themselves in, uh, in like a mental cloak okay um the running joke we have is uh, the reptilian that can cloak himself he's standing in the supermarket line looks like anybody else and the five-year-old the four or five-year-old who's sitting in the cart behind him says mommy look a dinosaur <laughs> the kids below about seven years old have a level of innocence that they don't right. have the same blockages on their view of reality that we as adults do and the biggest limit people have to seeing the paranormal and I'm quoting two of my mamas at this is people western people need to learn to expand their view of reality a little bit so so much is going on around them and they haven't a clue right okay now ray hernandez from dr edgar mitchell foundation will tell you that et is trying to turn us all into mystics agnostics go get touched by et they come back spiritual bible thumpers get touched by et they come back spiritual okay that kind of thing okay and people who see ufos sightings and it changes people see a ufo and they go wow you know and it really when if it's really convincing it really rattles them and it expands their view of reality a little bit and that is part of the step i think they're trying to enlighten us so that we can kind of evolve into a species that can um, not evolve is not the word um, spiritually ascend and be greeted into the galactic citizenry or something on that sure. order you know that totally jives with ancient alien theory too you know the theory that or people that believe you look back even in the bible that it's full of ufo encounters and of course celestial beings trying to ascend us to a new level of whatever you want to call it religion um well there's your mystical other. side exactly there's your mystical side oh, think about sure. that yes uh colonel john alexander okay i was joking with him one night we were talking about the you know, the manifestation and this crossover into the mystical okay he says yeah they didn't used to come down in tin cans back in biblical names. They came down in flaming chariots and stuff. Now they come down in tin cans, yes. you know. <laughs> or or they come down in whatever we expect them to come right. down in. Or our or our vocabulary has just changed, right? That too. It makes sense. Our vocabulary is not the same two thousand years later, as far as describing what we might see in the sky. I have to ask you, Cheryl, do we have remote viewers in? cooperation with any military entity right now or do you think we do uh actually uh paul smith one of the well well-known people who were part of the original Scar stargate program um uh said uh, once in a, one of the interviews that they had a uh, a bunch of what we'll call black ops kind of guys come in and get training from the original stargate people and so while it all publicly ended in 95 the material is this is this is the this is the kind of interesting aspect of it think about it the technology was sort of declassified and now out in the public domain so lots of people are doing it okay 
but the real serious aspect of it is in deep black programs right i'll give you an example we had a target card it wasn't one of the ones i had planned but we had a target card for the white house and the class was a rather seasoned group of people it was a it was a, a, a second or third level class i had taught and they came back and they said um we can't go there they told us to come to not come in we we're not welcome and during the analysis we sat there and looked talked to each other and to at least there were 10 12 people in this particular sighting um party so to speak and at least four of them were like uh wiccan uh, wiccan priests and priestesses type of thing and we looked at each other and said somebody's warded the white house you know, you know, you know, magical fences and things. We right. did the same thing with a couple principal military bases, and we hit similar things. Going, huh. whoa, the metaphysical is being done on a very cloaked level, baby. You know, oh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it it reminds me, you know, just in the news, Putin sent his top assassins after Zelensky president of ukraine and oh lo and behold somehow Zelensky found out and uh, and averted them apparently the ukrainians killed all the assassins but just out of nowhere hmm, they found out somehow so we're speaking to cheryl costa author of the latest book by Cheryl Costa, Magical Musings of a Rogue Witch. I love that title. Cheryl, if it's okay, we have a listener question <laughs> from longtime yes. listener George Winters. And I love this question. Can anyone remote view, and how would they begin? Okay, uh, first thing, there's lots of groups on Facebook that you can go into where there is like a at least discussion. And in those groups, occasionally you'll see an advertisement for uh, either an online class or a physical class someplace. And I recommend that, okay? Uh, don't expect to learn it in one weekend, okay? Um, you can have some really good experience with it in one weekend. Uh, but, um, and two things. Um, one, it helps to... I'm going to say it this way. This is this is this is the yogi speaking. Okay, start giving up your addictions, your cigarettes, and anything else you're addicted to. That includes your phone. Doesn't mean you have to get rid of your phone, but stop bowing your head to it 80 times a day. Okay, <laughs> it's not a god or a goddess. Okay, um, you need to start quieting your mind, and as you start getting rid of all the chatter in your mind, two minutes a day of meditation over many, many, many months will quiet you down. I'm not asking you to go do 40 minutes in a temple someplace. I'm saying two minutes a day. Now, some people come back to me and say, it's too hard, two minutes a day. But we're trying to teach you what the greater culture doesn't want to do. They want you to go into a sports bar and be distracted by the big TV sets. They want you to be distracted by the phones. They want to keep your mind going uh, in 50 different directions at once. Learn to be alone with your thoughts. Now, granted, you know, I, I went to, I was in the monastery. I learned, I best I could ever do was about 47, maybe 50 minutes of solid meditation. These days, since I'm not living in monastery life, but I still carry certain vows, so I maintain a certain practice. I meditate five minutes in the morning on a stool, 
I don't do this Lotus stuff. I'm 70 years old next month. I'm, I don't do this Lotus stuff anymore. Um, I, I, I got a, a nice little stool. I sit down on the stool for five minutes in the morning. I do it again around lunchtime. And then I do it again, maybe early evening, uh, sometime before bedtime. Okay. Just to keep myself um, zeroed, as they say, you know, settled. Okay. And um, learning to do remote viewing works really good if you learn how to meditate. And during the process of doing remote viewing, even if you're not a regular meditator, you're going to have to learn to quiet yourself. And they use techniques where you can put on a set of headphones and use some of the um, uh, uh, bioral technology that the uh, Monroe Institute developed, where they put different tones in your ear and they force your brain into a state of alpha, that type of thing. And that right. technology works great, but you should kind of start with a class and um you can get into it learn the basics and then keep developing it with other people who are doing it that's the best way to learn it that's how i learned it that's a great answer that's a terrific answer i know i can personally relate to that answer too because i know cj is right in this with me we have both tried to get our nutrition straight you know exercise as hard as we can and we both have gotten into breathing exercises to some degree and I can tell you when my nutrition is straight when I'm right in the kitchen and and I'm not doing you know putting these harmful things in my body even a few minutes of just laying down on the ground and closing my eyes and controlled breathing and I, I feel like I'm somewhere else but that's just a few controlled minutes. breathing with focus yes is what you were doing yes okay. that's the trick is the focus and I can't imagine if you spent, you know, years or a lifetime at that. There's no telling what your power would be. The, I don't want to interrupt you, hon. I'm, I'm going to give one thing. You know, I just had that book, uh, Magical Musings of a Rogue Witch. Yes. Okay. Why did that book come about? Uh, in December of 2020, I formally retired as a Wicca priestess. 44 years. Okay. Um, the seven years in buddhist monastery was a sabbatical midlife okay explore other traditions and other paths of training okay and it only complemented what i already knew here's the thing in that book um it's expected uh, some traditions expect a, a priest or priestess when they retire to write a book of their take of the life and the craft okay and uh some write books of spells it looks like a you know, witch cracker, you know, you know, it looks like a, a, a book of recipes almost, you know, some people write about what it's like to manage uh, magical families, covens and clans and things like this. Um, uh, some just write memoirs of what it was like to be a priestess for 35, 40, 50 years, whatever. Okay. Um, I decided to write a, again, coming from the UFO community disclosure. Okay, I decided to write a book of plain language magical mechanics and theory to explain this is how magic works. This is all you have to do to make it work. No gods, no goddesses, no candle, no incense, no stuff. You know, this is it's pure metaphysics. It's pure quantum physics. And I'm going to show you how to do it. And the first thing you need to do is learn how to quiet your mind. Once you learn to quiet your mind, then anything you focus on and visualize, thought becomes form. Okay, oh, and that's what I taught. It's only 444 pages. Okay, 
but I go right to the juggler vein and say, this is how you do it. And one the other thing that I do explain in there, and I, there's a lot of science in there besides the magic stuff, but there's no robes, no cloaks, no, no Gothic eye makeup, nothing you expect <laughs> to see around witchcraft. Okay. All the advanced people come, people come to me all the time. Well, how, what kind of a spell do you do to do such and such? And I look at them and they say, you just do it. You know, and people don't understand once an elder gets up to a certain point. Yeah, we might put the big robe on for a big festival or something like this. But bottom line, you just do it. And it's a thought in the form. But you have to condition yourself. You can't be addicted to cigarettes. You can't be bowing your head to the phone every five minutes. Um, and, and you just have to kind of, I'm not asking you to be a hermit, but you kind of have to pull away from all the chatter of 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 the western culture right and there's a lot and that's going to become a hermit say again so how a lot of this is new to me um or maybe it's just new terms for things that we've talked about with other people on the show before but the witchcraft and the magic and the remote viewing would you say all of those are related or totally oh, separate yeah. entities oh yeah okay. Oh yeah, uh, I mean the the, we can't, the abductees or, or experiencers always tell us that they talk to them with tele telepathy. Okay, uh, I was in the library the other day and I was working on I'm working on a script for something and I'm sitting here working in the library, a real library. Okay, not my house, and I'm I'm sitting here going to I'm sitting here working in this notebook and then, and I I just looked at my phone and said, hmm, where is she? Ding. She, Linda, texted me. <sighs> a heart, a heart. We've had this going on now for the uh, the, the uh, many. The, we got married in uh, 2005, legally married in 2011. So we've been together a long time. Okay, and we are at that stage because we're both quieted Buddhists, um, where telepathy works you know we, we joke about about the fact that you know we have to we do this synergy thing and we both point at the thing at the same time we both say hey how about the air fryer we'll do wings we almost complete each other's sentence okay and it's it's there's this synergy uh, uh connecting minds together okay and that's what this should be our whole culture should be connected Okay, one of the problems the Greys have, the Greys when they were doing one of their, their early, uh, their culture was developing that jump through, jump through space type of thing. You jump down into a state of of space that is uh, more like what we'll call Nirvana or heaven, so to speak. Okay, and suddenly, if you gaze upon it, Buddha say this: if you gaze upon this stuff, um, you'll become enlightened. Well, they're kind of like ants. If one per, one gray sees it, they all see it. So the entire culture became enlightened at once. The problem is they weren't ready for it because they don't have they don't have the emotions we have and can't understand the concepts of emotions. Okay, and there to be pitied, as one of my llamas used to say. And you just heard a very funny statement there, didn't you? I, <laughs> I missed I missed what you said. They would to be what? They are to be pitied. To the grays. Pitied oh. to be pitied. Okay, sorry, I, I didn't hear that clearly. Yes, because so, they're struggling the to know what we know. 
They're struggling yes. to know what we know and to understand our human experience. It's probably why they're doing some crossbreeding so that they have some entities that are sort of half us, half them that can explain it to them, that type of thing. Now, for those of us that are very new to some of the things you're discussing today, could you give me an example of sort of witchcraft in your terms that you might use in everyday life or in a, a group setting? Okay. Um, first thing you got to know, uh, witchcraft uh, is not uh, general Wicca, especially if Wicca or whatever, uh, general witchcraft is not Satanism. That's that's right. 500 year old propaganda from the medieval Catholic Church. Okay. And Hollywood has run with it and they've continued to regurgitate that. Okay. Um, the deepest part of feminine, divine feminine theory is that the great consciousness, the force is feminine and has produced life where there was no life. Okay. And um, you don't see men having babies, okay? But you, but in fact, I just had a guest on my own program who basically explained that uh, Jesus' mother Mary was part of a sect of women who were trained in the arts of manifesting virgin births, okay? And this is virgin births have been around in culture, many cultures, for a long time. It's an ancient thing. Okay, so okay, but well, what modern witchcraft? Okay, first thing we tell people is stop asking for stuff. Stop <laughs> magic is not a vending machine. You don't stop. Don't ask no for money. Lottery, you don't. You won't want to know where it came from. Okay, don't, uh, don't don't ask for a scooter this week and a surfboard next week. You know, stop asking for stuff. What do you use witchcraft for? Actually, the, the trained magician, uh, trained magical adepts. Uh, we have a saying, the more you know, the less you use. This stuff is delicate. The The universe is, yeah, I'm going to try and do this with my hand. See, I'm going to split here. Okay. Uh, there you <laughs> go. It, it, it's, the universe is delicate. Okay. There's the butterfly effect. And believe me, uh, the, it, what's the little, the little meme that says, you know, to screw up takes a computer. Okay. <laughs> to screw up astronomically takes magic. Okay. And uh, so the bottom line, what do you, do you use witchcraft on a day-to-day -day basis? No, no, not if you're smart. But if you're, you've got long-term projects, well, you don't wiggle your nose and supper appears like you see on TV. <laughs> you know, that, 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 that's what people ask me. Hell, Larry King asked me in June, in June of 1991, uh, we were on his program because I was producing a cable program about witchcraft by witches, you know, and he, um, he said, well, do you do black magic? Do you, do you do throw spells on people? And I looked at him and I said, oh, Larry, come on. It's too much work. <laughs> you know, it's not the kind of thing you routinely do. But all the things you've seen in the movie, like, say, sticking a pin in somebody's picture or something like that, or making a voodoo doll of them or something like that, that is called sympathetic magic. And it's a technique that does work. Um, the technique, but it doesn't have to work that way. You can do healing with it, but we only see mm. the bad uses in the, in the movies. Of course. Okay. Um, there are, there's the high physics side of magic to do something. And then there's what we'll call the low physics side. It's a triangle. Okay. Everything has to have an intention. That's the peak of the triangle. One bottom, one side of the bottom of the triangle is emotion. Okay. And the other side of the triangle is skill. 
understanding the mechanics. So grandma over here is in ICU and very, very sick and might die. People come to me and say, can you do a working for healing for her? I am so disconnected from her. It would be very difficult to do something for her. But I'll at, turn around and ask the people who are asking me, do you have like a, a, a grandchild of uh, uh, six or seven years old, a uh, little girl, a little boy who dearly loves his grandmother, or maybe he's been crying about the whole thing? And they say, well, yeah, I'll write you a prayer for that child to read. Because give me a teary-eyed little child with strong emotions for healing his or her grandmother is much more powerful than anything I could do with 25 disinterested witches. Right. Okay. Okay. That's the deal there. Now, the other thing we can do is somebody can go up and take a picture of her in ICU. Stuff that into an envelope, put a target card thing on there, and then put it up on social media, and have 50 people on social media focus their uh, their their healing. They don't know, they don't know who it is, but focus their healing energies at that target card, just like you would for remote viewing, except the other way. Right. So, would you say that a lot of what the, what is done with modern witchcraft is for human connection and healing? There's a lot of bumper stickers out there that say that witches heal. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, now, now, is everybody nice? No. You, you go into some of the groups online, they'll tell you one, karma, they say karma doesn't exist, and two, there's no such thing as magical blowback. In other words, you do something bad, something bad comes back at you. Okay. Well, I'm here to tell you it does exist, and I've seen some really horrendous situations where somebody put something bad out there and something bad nailed them back, okay? Um, mm -hmm. It's like an echo. Um, on the other hand, you put something good out there, something good comes back. So I tell my friends, and I tell my students, be generous with your magic, be kind with your magic, and think really big. Now, why I sit here, I used to watch people in magical circles. We sit at a circle for a moon ceremony or something like that. And they go around the circle before we started the ceremony. And the high priestess would ask, you know, if, do you have a special intention? Everybody said, well, my dog's got to have hip surgery and my aunt's got to have her liver or her um, uh, a, a kidney transplant, you know. And they go around the circle spooning out the magical benefit by the spoonful. The stingy spoonful. All right. Okay. At 40 people doing it all the way around the circle. And I would sit at the end of the thing. And when it got to me and I say, I make this offering for all beings everywhere, every win. Think big. <laughs> because if, if there is a blowback facility doing something super kind to like everybody in the freaking multiverse. It's going to reflect back on me and be very positive on me. Is it not? That's the theory behind it. And by golly, it does work. So and do we go like after guys like Saddam Hussein? Do we go after guys like Saddam Hussein? No, you, you, you do an offering to say, may the universe bring karma ripening upon them. And if they're beyond men's laws, will the universe stand in judgment of them? That's what you go after. But you don't sit there and say, I'm Captain Magic and I'm going to zap that guy, bad guy. You don't do that. You're not supposed to. There are people who do it and it bites them in the butt. 
So it sounds, you know, very similar to say a prayer circle, right? Putting positive ideas out there to the universe. Where would you say the difference is between something like that and more of the witchcraft side of it? Well, in Wicca, we're, we're, in most most pagan traditions, somebody's usually invoking a god or a goddess or something like that of their favorite pantheon. Okay, in Wicca, it's mm -hmm. very frequently of uh, the Greek pantheon, and Norse, it's Norse pantheon, you know, that type of thing. Uh, the, the Viking gods, that type of thing. I'm a I'm an ordained priestess of Isis. Okay, uh, I'm Egyptian pantheon. Okay, and uh, all my students are ordained as sisters of Isis. You know, so um, it, it, it it's it's just another that's the prayer side that's the theology side if you want to do a theology side but i have got something to tell you you know all this stuff with all the um you know using magic to make things you know um i'll give this to you from a goddess i venerate and hear from regularly um uh, stop asking us for crap you've got the <laughs> same spark of same spark of life we have do it yourself and that's from Isis herself. Trust me. So you know, and I know this sounds crazy to sit here and say, "Hey, wow, these people are in touch with goddesses." Well, many people will tell you whether they're Christian or Jewish or Islamic or something like that. They're in touch with deity. Some of them deeply devout are in touch with deity. And there's a lot of people in the pagan community. I shouldn't say a huge amount, but there are a lot of people in the pagan community. If they've been in it a while, they've got a substantial connection to the god realms now in buddhism we teach that there are realms there's you know uh, uh human realms there's ghost realms there's animal realms there's uh demon realms there's kind of thing there's a, a celestial being realms god realms and then long life god realms okay it's said that when buddha became enlightened the first place that he went was to the long life god realms where he rescued his mother and took her to nirvana Okay. Um, people say celestial beings, that must be the angels. No, that's a Western view. Celestial beings means ET guys. Okay. They're in the same, they're in the same problem we have. We all live in what we call Simsara, the, the multiverse of this creation, all this stuff. So um, there's a lot of deepness into this. Um, if you want to know about goddess worship, I recommend a book by Starhawk called uh, The Spiral Dance. Okay. If you want to know just the bare mechanics to magic, get my book, Musings of a, of a Rogue Witch. Uh, just came yeah. out in January on Amazon. Okay. Uh, heck, I even talk about remote viewing in the book because I think more witches should do it. Okay. More metaphysical people, magical depths. We, we're trying to, a lot of us are trying to lose that witch on the baggage. And I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll own the term. I will own the term. But I, my t-shirts say magical depth on them. Okay, and, and that, that's just confusing enough for people to wonder what's that, you know. And, uh, so, and that's fine with me, you know. I, I, you wear the witch T-shirt, then you get you get people spitting on you and things, you know. So, um, oh, I hope. Bottom line is, oh God, yes, oh God, yes. Uh. But you know, I'm used to it. I was a Vietnam veteran coming home in Vietnam. I got spit on in the airport. You know, you're baby killer. You know, so. Uh, I climb telephone poles in Vietnam. People shoot at you on those things, you know. Uh, <laughs> but the bottom line is, we as a human species, we are addicted to war. Sure seems that way. To being, 
to we're addicted to this stuff what we have a 20 year war in afghanistan for god's mm. sakes you know didn't we learn from the british and the russians <laughs> you know um you know we should have learned but you know we didn't um for all the praying we say we do as a species to our gods and goddesses okay um do we really give it lip service do we really the thing to remember this is how i gotta say this if i'm sitting there and i'm getting ready to stab you if i've done any amount of concentration any amount of understanding and any amount of touching the universe and being alone with my thoughts and if i'm enlightened i realize that i'm shooting myself because that person looking back at me is me too because we are all one consciousness okay right. and that's what a lot of people don't get and with the ets we are one consciousness with them as well and that's what a lot of people don't get to be continued you've been listening to all things unexplained if you liked this podcast please do give us a five-star rating and leave us a review if you would like to hear more all things unexplained be sure to follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts our show depends on the support of listeners like you find us on venmo under the business accounts just look for at Bigfoot UFO. If you can't get enough of us, go ahead and check us out at allthings-unexplained.com. A special thanks to our producer, director, sound mixer, editor, and the man who wears far too many hats. No, seriously, he wears a lot of hats, Dr. Tim Mounts. Without you, we couldn't keep the lights on. Thanks for listening to All Things Unexplained.